0: The Touchdown City Podcast is presented by Salango Law, where you don't get excuses, you get results. Visit them online at
1: salangolaw.com.
0: to you from the Riverbank Studio is your host, Anthony Lewis, along with Avon Coburn and Derek Bailey, and this is the Touchdown City Podcast.
2: Hello, Mountaineer fans and blue lot beer drinkers. Welcome to the Touchdown City Podcast, presented by Salingo Law and produced in partnership with HD Media and the Charleston Gazette Mail. I'm Anthony Lewis in the studio today here at the Riverbank Studio with Derek Bailey. Joining us later on the phone will be Avon Coburn. First and foremost, welcome back, Derek. After a beautiful day in Morgantown, West Virginia, knocked off the Sharks of Long Island, sixty-six to nothing. That moves West Virginia to twenty-two and zero against FCS level schools. If you don't think that's important, talk to our friends in Tallahassee this week. They struggled yesterday with was it was at Jacksonville State.
3: Um, yeah, I believe they're not going to be very
2: friendly. Yeah, they're not <laughs> they're not going to be very friendly about it. You know. <laughs> What a day for them. But anyway, we'll get into that later. And also, West Virginia is now 21-1 and one in home
3: openers since 2000. The loan loss coming to, do you remember that? The loan loss in the home opener? You know, if I had to guess, I'd say Wisconsin. You're right. Thirty-four seventeen, maybe in like 2002. Yeah, that's why we call you the encyclopedia. He didn't even blink when he answered
2: that, folks. But uh, beautiful day in Morgantown, West Virginia. When we broke last week, I think we were all in the... All on the same page when we said we needed to see West Virginia dominant and handle their business, and I think that's what we saw yesterday
3: it was a good it was a good game i mean you know you got the opening kickoff return right continues to to be a, a a positive. There were several things that the players got to play i mean you had three quarterbacks play, several guys had a carry. Uh, the defense dominated. I, I can't recall LIU crossing the 50-yard line until the last possession of the game when we were probably playing, what, fourth, maybe even fifth-string guys. Who knows? Yeah, Walk-ons were probably on the field. It was late. They had under 100 yards. Yeah, 66 nothing is the important thing. They won the game. It's still left with, uh, I think there's still more questions maybe than answers. But uh, overall, you know, you win the game. That's the important thing. And you move forward and hopefully improve and go on to the next week. For me, there's some positives in the, and there's negatives. So,
2: I'll start with my positives. Um, one, I think that Jared um uh, played better, made better decisions. He finished the day 14-22, 259 yards, three touchdowns. Had a great QB average. I know it was like 207.5. Um, Garrett Green got in the game. Meaningful snaps. Like the third or fourth possession came in with the ones. It was a nice spark off the bench. So, I think – You've got two quarterbacks to do two different things. And later in the show, we'll get into that. But Green was a nice spark early and led him down the field. It wasn't like he came in and all of a sudden they just were three
3: and out. No, yeah, it was It was good to see him get in the game. Um, he needed some snaps. He needed some reps. We obviously all wanted to see him. I think every single person in the fan base probably wanted to see him play at some point yesterday. Uh, you wish you could have had more time, but that's all right. He came in. He showed a lot of energy. He showed some, you know, he showed good good mobility. Uh, I'd like to see him throw the ball a little bit more. He only threw seven passes. But overall, it was good to see him play because I think he could be used and he's going to be needed at some point. I mean, you never know when an injury occurs or anything like that. So it's valuable time for him. It's valuable experience. And uh, I, was, I was glad to see him get in there. He might be even used moving forward in a, in a larger capacity. There might be a whole package for him. Who knows? We'll see. On the
2: negative side of the coin, and I hate to be negative on this show, but let's face it, the, the elephant
3: in the room is clearly the offense flying. I mean, what what can you say? 55 carries for 198 yards in a game in which you score 66 points against an FCS opponent in which you should be able to just push right off the ball. Letty Brown, 15 carries for 31 yards. I mean, come on, that's that's just bad. They have to be better. The teams they're going to face down the road, every single one of them has probably larger fronts and are probably better across the front than LIU Brooklyn, let's be honest. I mean, even Kansas, you're going to see better players. Uh, Virginia Tech coming to town, it's it's a concern. If you can't run the football – it's just – it's bad. If you can't run the ball, you're not going to be able to beat very many teams because the run can set up the pass, which helps a not-as-mobile quarterback in the play-action game. And it's just – it just doesn't – it was not good. The offensive line was very poor, and I thought it would be a strength of this football team, and it's not right now.
2: It's kind of shocking, and it's upsetting that we're in year three with Neil Brown and the offensive line. We've seen improvement in other areas, right? It, but the offensive line has struggled
3: it feels like it feels like it's the same offensive line that ran out on the field in 20 what nineteen in his first year in his very first game. It's like there's just there's something I don't know if it's fundamentally wrong. I don't know if it's coaching I don't know if it's strength and conditioning. I don't know if it's laziness I don't know what it is I mean I know he's not telling the kids in practice I'll oh, just let them blow you off the line of scrimmage
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's not and that's the thing it's not the the typical offensive line that West Virginia fans okay. are used to seeing. We're used to seeing West Virginia even in the Richrod days whenever
3: they played with smaller guys were able to compete and move guys off the well, ball. And they have they've had all-Americans at you know you, you go back through the years there's been all-American talent and players on that offensive line in the last 3 years it's just like my goodness, where are they?
2: <laughs> well, and listen, I'm not an, an I'm not a genius when it comes to football, but I know games are won and lost on the offensive and fr- defensive fronts. And right now, our
3: offensive front is poor. It's not good enough. It's it's plain and simple. It's not good enough. You're not going to win. I mean, with what I saw yesterday, if you're playing, if you're playing anybody, if you're playing Kansas yesterday and you run it, well, you're not going to get 55 carries. First of all, with that kind of offense, because you're you're not going to be able to churn out first downs. But if you run it for 3.6 yards a carry, you're going to struggle with whoever you play. I mean, as long as it's going to be anyone, you're just going to struggle. If you struggle to run the football, you're going to struggle to throw the football. And, uh, yeah, you're, you hit it right on the nail,
2: the nail on the head. Um, some news and notes from yesterday. It was West Virginia's first shutout since 2015 against Kansas. I'd have said Rutgers. It's well, the same. Well, well, they're, <laughs> no. yeah. well, they're next on the list. Yeah. That was the first time since 2002 Rutgers West Virginia's held anybody under 100 yards of total offense. Again, that LIU team – was probably the worst team that's ever stepped foot on that field.
3: I've, I would venture to say it's not even a probably. I, that's the worst team I've ever seen. Now, so on, I've ever watched like play any game like in a in a high level game like that.
2: So the public probably isn't aware of this, but from time to time they bring in schools to play like the JV. We. What they call JB, it doesn't count against the guys. Right. It's like the freshmen and the the older mm-hmm. guys that just never get to play. But like they, it's like Hargraves Military, right. right? And I think that Hargraves team is probably better than LIU.
3: Oh, I would venture to say they are because that's usually that's like prep school, high school, or some yeah. of those kids end up at big schools and, and are really good players. I would venture to say they could probably beat LIU. Yeah, that was
2: probably the worst team you'll ever lay your eyes on if you were ever, if you were up there. Um, you know, right? You hit the you said it earlier he's continued to be a bright spot
3: Tavon-esque I would love to see him get some like you know I love the swing pass to Letty Brown let me go ahead and say that but I would like to see some of that to to right yeah you have to get that guy the ball in space or you have to create a, some well we didn't see the jet sweep yesterday probably for obvious reasons it was 66 nothing but you have to find some creative ways to get him involved in the offense and get him the ball because he's he's quick he's fast he he can make big plays in space and you need big plays now that uh, was the first time West
2: Virginia has run a kicking uh, an opening kickoff back since Tavon did it against UConn.
3: I would have guessed there was. I thought there was somebody against Mississippi State, but I guess he was later. He was later on in the game. Uh, and you know the the one I can remember. I was at the game was uh, Nate Terry, I believe, ran the opening kickoff back in like nineteen ninety seven.
2: Yeah, when you think back of, I think the it was the opening kickoff. Great kick returners. I think Nate Terry, Sean Terry. Yeah, uh, of course Tavon.
3: Oh, yeah. You have to have Tavon in there. Um,
2: who else has been great over the years? Um, I think Tavon's the best one we've had. Ever. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt, ever. Yeah. Well, I
3: tell you what, you know, Winston, right? Is... If he continues, he's going to be the best one. You can disagree. He's going to be the best statistically. I mean, Tavon's probably a better overall player, but Tavon Austin's don't grow on trees. But, uh, yeah, statistically, he might end up being the best because he's probably going to get a chance to run some more kickoffs back against Oklahoma and teams like that when they start scoring.
2: He's a threat, and he makes them change their plan for mm-hmm. special teams. It's, so that's that's a good problem to have. It's the first time we've had it in a
3: long time. Usually we're facing guys that are a threat. Yes. I mean, it's nice to have that luxury because usually usually you can't even feel the punt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but
2: uh, great day in Morgantown. Beautiful, beautiful weather. I think the 5 o'clock start. I think – It was nice for the fans. They were able to come early, hang out. Um, The tailgates were gone. I went over onto – so my nephew is over on on Grant Street in the Honors dorm. So as I'm waiting for him, I woke him up at 1130. (laughs) Shocker. (laughs) That sounds about right. Yeah. I woke him up. I had to call him and wake him up. But I'm outside, and I'm just looking down Grant Street. Um, they've cleaned that place up. It's no longer a um, literally a health hazard down there anymore. It was nice and clean, and um, the students were out, man. Uh, saw this guy had a gallon of orange juice. Now, what he was mixing with it, I don't know. It was probably vodka, maybe champagne at 11 in the morning. But the students were out in full force. Um, got to drag my nephew out, um, out and about. We went over to Mario's um, Good crowd in there at 1130 in the morning. It was about a quarter till noon, but, uh, man, they've got some good yeah. wings over there.
3: Oh, they really do. I was impressed. I was actually impressed with the attendance yesterday. I really wasn't expecting that large of a crowd, but there were. I think they announced it at 51,000. I was, I was expecting closer to 40 after what happened last week and with the opponent and everything, but I guess the home opener, no matter what, brings people out, which is, which is good to see. And, of course, it's been two years. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah. the
2: only really bare spot in the stadium is where LIU's crowd would have filled in.
3: Well, you know, their, their stadium's only 6,000 people. That's all they have. Their their capacity at their home field is 6,000. Yeah.
2: So, I think, um, you know, that was the only bare spot. It filled in nice. People were kind of late late arriving for a 5 o'clock game. But it was nice out, man. People were, you know, first time back after a pandemic. Hopefully, everybody played it safe, didn't give too many hugs. But, um, you know, it was just nice to be back. We were – we tried to stay away from as many people as possible, Um but um, it was just good to see the stadium packed. Got, got a uh, a Zool. You ever get the Zools? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. I said, hey, it was good to get, get one of them. Yeah, got one of those. Uh, but it was just good to be back in the stadium. And, again, West Virginia handled their business 66 to nothing. Um, and it was the, I think, West Virginia scored non-offensive touchdowns with the return, the kick return, I think 11 straight seasons. So it's those are the things that, that win you ball games. So it was Again, good to be back in Morgantown. Good to see the people. West Virginia dominated 66 to nothing. We're going to take a break. When we come back, um, let's talk a little bit about what's going on at quarterback. Do, do we have an issue? Do we have a controversy? How do you play Daggy and Green, or do you moving forward? And Avon will join us after this. Don't go anywhere. Oh, oh mama said. M- said. My mama said. Mama said that. My mom. Mama said that. My mom. My mama. said you ugly.
1: Hey.
0: The relationship between a lawyer and a client is based on trust. You have to make certain that the lawyer you hire has your best interests at heart. We typically meet our clients at the worst times of their lives, and it's our job to help them. Over the years, we've been entrusted with some of the biggest cases in West Virginia. That's because we have a track record of success and getting exceptional results. We built a reputation as one of the go-to law firms throughout the state of West Virginia.
3: Joining me, uh, high-profile lawyer Ben Salengo. Ben, it's a real honor to have you
0: on. In fact, many of our cases come from other lawyers. Lawyers who've worked with us, lawyers who've worked against us, and even those who've merely heard of our results. We're proud of the reputation we've earned in the community for providing exceptional, aggressive legal representation. When you hire my law firm, you don't get excuses, you get results. at BestMasterTailor.com, sagging bouncing or uneven floors standing water or high humidity nasty odors or dangerous mold crawl space problems don't get better with time but they do get better when you call Alford home solutions welcome stranger what's up guys this is Anthony Beck former WVU tight end and you're listening to the touchdown city podcast
2: Welcome back to the Touchdown City podcast presented by Selengo Law, produced in partnership with HD Media and the Charleston Gazette Mail. Hey, I want to remind you guys, our friends friends at Henderson Insurance, they're dedicated to providing quality service, affordable rates, and outstanding service claims. Located in Hurricane, they have the ability to customize an insurance solution that meets all of your needs at a reasonable price. Visit them at hendersoninsurance.org. For more information. All right, I'm Anthony Lewis in the studio with Derek Bailey and joining us on the phone, Mr. Avon Coburn. Avon, how are you, sir?
1: Gentlemen, I am doing fantastic. Feeling a little bit better. Still can't smell nothing, but that's okay.
2: Well, the good news is you're not here in the studio today because <laughs> I didn't shower this morning. Or well,
1: you know what? We are happy. I am happy now. Well, you know what? Even if you were I wouldn't even be able to smell you anyway. Yeah,
2: see, it wouldn't even make a difference. But uh, beautiful day in Morgantown, West Virginia, handles business 66 to nothing. And last week when we broke, I remember our conversation was we all agreed that we wanted to see dominance in this game against um, Long Island. So with that being said, I brought you in. uh, This is segment two, and we're talking a little bit about – The quarterback situation yesterday. Jared Dagey and Garrett Green both played, played well. But um, does Green's performance create a controversy, a a need, a willingness for the fans to see him on the field? I know some already think you know the Dagey experience or experiment is over. But um, where are you guys at with this situation at quarterback?
1: Well, for me, I, I, you know, watching that game, um, they both, they both play well. I mean, Deggy did what Deggy did. He threw the ball very well. Um, I think, you know, execution, um, you know, for the most part was, was good, but talking about that young guy, he's a young firecracker, man. And I told you guys before, he reminds me of a, a former Heisman Trophy winner that played in the Big 12, um, who will remain. Colt, named, well, I mean, Colt do you, do you. <laughs> Did he What'd win the Heisman, Colt nah. McCoy. No, he didn't win the Heisman. No, Colt didn't win no freaking Heisman. But yeah, I mean, he played I mean, the energy is fantastic, guys. I mean, he, he didn't throw the ball as, as well as we, you know, we want him to, but I mean, he he's got wills, man. He read the defense well as far as, you know, pulling the ball. I think one of the one of the plays that he scored a touchdown on, he could've gave it to the running back up the middle, but you know, he scored on it, so it's not a real a, a big deal. But I, I to me, man, I think we I think we're I think we are, are seeing, um, you know, something that is that is going to be kind of like, you know, Florida did back in the day with the two quarterbacks.
2: It kind of reminds me of the 05 season when we had, um, you know, you had Pat White sitting on the, on the sideline and Adam Bednarik, who Coach Rodriguez was comfortable with, starting, and you sprinkled in Pat White, but just Bednarik ended up getting hurt, and then boom, you know, history is what it is. But – I think Jared Dagey brings a comfort
3: level to Neil Brown. They're they're both <laughs> they're both one dimensional. Dagey's a passer, Green's a runner. He didn't show much passing yesterday. I'm not gonna say he can't pass, but he didn't show much yesterday, and that's you know, I would have liked to see him throw the ball a little bit more. Uh Dagey, I do agree that there's a comfort level there. He probably knows the offense a little bit more than, than Green because he's been there longer. He's a veteran guy, he's played he's played college football much longer uh but i will say i did like what i saw from green his excitement level he had fun it looked like he was having a good time out there he he looked like he brought like a juice to the team he he was just excited it was good to see and uh, i would like to see more of him going forward how much more it remains to be seen but uh he definitely brings a running running aspect which is going to be needed with as bad as this offensive line looks yeah,
1: let me let me ask you a question because you brought up something you said he was one dimensional i mean obviously you know, we didn't he didn't sit back there and, and throw it for 30 times. But, you know, the, the, the you know, Jesus Christ himself um in, in, in West Virginia terms. Sorry, guys, there's an airplane flying. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ himself. Um, Pat White, he wasn't a uh, he wasn't a pocket passer. I mean, would you consider him to be one-dimensional one, one
3: dimensional as well? Uh, Well, I wouldn't consider him to be extremely one-dimensional, but he was much more of a runner than a passer. I will say that. What I was saying with, with Green is we haven't seen the ability to pass at all yet. Pat, we could hmm. see – like you saw it with Pat White. You didn't see – like yesterday, we didn't see him and, really unleash any down the field, which I would have preferred him to see in like the second half. I was hoping he would throw some, but he really gotcha. didn't. He only threw seven balls yesterday. You can't really tell anything on seven passes. <laughs>
1: And 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 for for all of our our people listening, um, I am not comparing him to Pat White. By no means <laughs> at all. He hasn't he hasn't even scratched his butt yet to for me to. I was just asking that question because you know Pat is more of a runner in my eyes than a passer. But I mean, he could do both.
2: He and, developed into being a passer and, later.
3: And there was a there was much more of a, a difference in offensive uh, strategy with uh, Rich Rodriguez and, and Neil Brown, which is fine. And uh, but like you know, I would like to see Green throw more. That's all. He hasn't shown anything to to really wow us in the passing game. But you don't. I mean, he just has to do enough with the way he can run. You don't have to be. You don't have to be Tom Brady out there to be able to dissect the defense and pick you apart. You just have to be able to do enough. And yesterday, I mean, I didn't see enough. I'm not saying he can't do it. It's just I didn't see it.
2: I think with Jared Dagey, I think you've got a passer who's got mm-hmm. limited mobility, and then I think with Garrett Green, you've got. A mobile guy, that's not as great of a passer. So you've got to kind of pick your poison with your offense. Who fits your scheme better offensively? Um, what you want to do? Um, Neil Brown to me has shown that he wants to throw the ball deep and underneath as much as possible. Even get throw the ball out to Letty Brown uh, and then run the football. Which if it was me, I would be trying to run the football. And then throw the ball. But that's not where we're at in college football these days. So I think you've got two quarterbacks with two separate skill sets. And you've got a decision to make moving forward. Now, what, what we saw yesterday was we didn't see Garrett Green come into the game late. We saw him come in on the third series, which signals to me that we're going to start seeing some more packages for this kid moving forward or at least when West Virginia's offense gets stale, I think they're going to put him in just to create a spark.
3: Avon touched on it just a minute ago with what Florida did with uh, Tebow and Chris Leak back in, like, 05 when they were both on the team. You might see something like that. Like every third series, Green comes in to to give us a change of pace to see what he can do. It might be something like that moving forward, and that's why Coach Brown makes millions of dollars. He makes those decisions. So, I mean, you know, it's his decision to make. And if I'm I'm in favor of – if Daggy's having a great day, say he comes out next week and he starts out and he's eight to eight for 150 yards and a touchdown in the first quarter, I would leave him in. I would not take him out. <laughs> but it just depends. It might depend on the flow of the game. It might depend on the, how the offense is moving or not moving. It, there's going to be multiple factors, I would say. But you're probably going to see both moving forward.
1: I, you know, I, I disagree with you. I think that should happen regardless because now um, it's going to make teams prepare for that dynamic of of an offense. Um, I, I think, I think he's a, I, I, for what he did last week. And again, they weren't playing really anybody. Um, and, and, but I think, I think when you play, when you play nobodies, you're supposed to execute at, a, at, a, at, a, at a, at a super high level. I was looking at something, um, Derek Henry's high school stats, oh, man. that cat, he didn't play anybody. Like he, he was in like the lower rungs of Florida. He ran for 4,500 yards his senior year. Hmm. That's what you're supposed to do. That's exactly what I think Garrett Green did, you know, against that team as far as him, you know, doing using his abilities. Um and and for me, he he, he took advantage of a, a poor offensive line not playing to the standards that that they should play against um in in that, you know, structure of of a of of a team and in within our offense.
2: Yeah, I think what's happening is we as West Virginia fans, we haven't seen this before. I know in '93 West Virginia played two quarterbacks. They played uh, Jake Keltzner and Darren Studstill, but they pretty much Studstill was more of a scrambler. But Jake, he could run. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't a statue.
3: I think Daggy's more. He's just more of a statue. It's unfortunate. He just looks. He he's not very he's mobile Peyton, at all.
2: <laughs> Peyton Manning esque when it comes to running.
3: Yeah, so he's not very he's not very fleet of foot out you there. You think you hey? get out running? Oh God no! You couldn't <laughs> outrun Jared. Yeah. No, Thank Lord you. no,
2: Lord no, man. I don't know. I might, I might put money on you. <laughs> wow, I'm, I'm, I'm forty. I and thought fat. you were gonna, no gonna
1: put your name in the hat just now.
2: Hey man, to be a big fat guy, actually, I'm pretty good in a twenty-yard dash.
3: <laughs> I might not be able to go ten yards. I'll be honest.
2: <laughs> All right. Hey, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna the Hokies of Virginia Tech are headed to Morgantown. Big weekend in Morgantown next week. Um, I know this game gets people really excited. Uh, We'll talk to Avon a little bit about some of his uh, memories of playing against the Hokies, and uh, we'll get into next week's game. We'll do all that after this.
1: Don't go anywhere. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Bar 101, located on Capitol Street in downtown Charleston, provides unlimited options for fun social gatherings and great dining, and the best nightlife in the city. Bar 101 has a full dinner menu, including wings, pork bowls, salads, and more. Be sure to enjoy a cheeseburger with fries with the draft beer for only $13. It's Bar 101's daily special, plus $1 off drafts during happy hour from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Bar 101 also provides carryout and catering. Call 304 346 1101 or find Bar 101 on Facebook. Bar
0: 101. Get more bank for your business with United Bank. Whether you'd like to start a business, purchase commercial real estate, or equipment, United Bank can help. We support business development throughout our great state, making business and consumer loans and fueling opportunities. Small business owners' dreams come true and larger corporations grow. What can we do for your business? United Bank, West Virginia's bank. Proud to be united with the Mountaineers. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. At Warner Law offices, the best part of our day is getting to hand a client a settlement check, knowing we've helped them get on with their life. If you've been hurt in a car wreck or from a workplace injury, call us. I'm Bobby Warner, and I'm your lawyer. Welcome, stranger. What's up, guys? This is Rasheed Marshall, and you're listening to the Touchdown
2: City Podcast. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Podcast presented by Salango Law in partnership, produced in partnership with HD Media and the Charleston Gazette Mail. I'm Anthony Lewis in the studio with Derek Bailey and on the phone, Mr. Avon Coburn. And this week, the Hokies of Virginia Tech are headed to Morgantown. It's been a while since we played them. I think it was a 2018 maybe.
3: It was around then. Is uh, in Washington DC. Yeah, with DC.
2: Uh close game. Will Greer's first game at quarterback, but um you know, if you're older and ancient like me, I would consider <laughs> I'd consider like
3: you guys older and I'm ancient. These are well to me to me I agree. <laughs> to me this is <laughs> yeah, I agree with that too. <laughs> to me, this is the biggest rivalry that I've seen as a West Virginia fan. Like you know, a lot of people say Penn State or Pitt or whatever, but to me growing up, Virginia Tech was the team that I disliked that I really wanted West Virginia to beat. To me, this is the rivalry game, not Pitt.
2: Yeah, big weekend in Morgantown. <laughs> Let me ask you guys first and foremost, what are your favorite Virginia Tech memories? When you think Virginia Tech,
3: what really stands out to you? <laughs> Go ahead, Avon, because you uh, actually played. I got
1: a couple of them. Go for I it. I mean, I mean, some of them. You know, one of my teammates are going to be pissed at me, but uh, I remember we played Virginia Tech, and Kyle Caden was laid out. I mean, this when we, on a punt return, that's he a his, hit, his shoulders hit before his the rest of his body did. Yeah, and and I'm talking about the back of his shoulders. So that was hilarious. Every time <laughs> I think of Virginia Tech, that's the first thing that pops in my mind. And, uh, that was and in 2000. Unfortunate,
2: but I think it was the opening kickoff of the second half in 2000.
1: Yeah, in, two th- in 2000. Yep, in in uh, in Virginia Tech, it yeah, was. It was
2: nasty. He did get popped. <laughs> it was nasty. Oh, yeah. I guess it's funny when you look back at it, but I don't know how damn funny it was at the time. <laughs> I still don't think he's going to be laughing about I it. I know
1: he was like, "That's some bull."
2: Yeah, yeah. he's not going to be it. laughing about it. Yeah, um, Derek. When you think of Virginia Tech, what what is something that like, a good memory that stands out
3: to you? I, the O the three game, obviously, when they came in, I believe it was a Wednesday night game, and West Virginia really put it to them as twenty eight seven. They were ranked about third at that time, yeah. And uh, Frank Beamer was so frustrated, I believe he hit Ernest Williford on the head that game, smacked him in the <laughs> he face, smacked him right in the <laughs> face. Yeah, so uh, that was a great that was a great night, and uh, you know, one that what it's not a good memory. But the 99 game stands out to me a little bit because that was a game West Virginia was very – they weren't very – they weren't good in 99. And Virginia Tech played for the national title, and that was the game where Michael Vick made a great play there towards the end of the game, and Virginia Tech kicked a field goal and escaped Morgantown with like a two-point win. So, I mean, you know, the game can be closed no matter how good or bad either team is. And uh, but the the O three game stands out to me just because the the domination West Virginia put on them. It's kind of a turning point in that season too. Yeah,
2: I think about um, so a funny story, and I'll try to keep it short. So in, in the O three game, I was working in the athletic department. I've told this story before. Um, I was working for the athletic department. But do you remember? So I, I get a call from um, Mike Parsons. He says, "Listen, we're gonna we're gonna put speakers on the field." It's the only game ever that you've seen a set of speakers sitting on the field. So what I did was I had Bill Schultz wired up. So with the mixer, I had a channel that could send something just to those speakers. And I found this god-awful low bass frequency. Like, it rumbled. It was so loud. And it dropped, like a bass drop, like a doo, like one of those type of things. And when it, it rumbled, well, if you remember in the game, when the official stopped the game and said... Would you please turn off the sound amplification system? <laughs> that was because I was sending that signal down to those speakers and it was so loud on the field, but the fans couldn't hear it because it was directly on, on the, the field, field facing so that would be one of my favorite memories of uh having the officials wow. tell us not to
3: that was a beating too. I mean that was just such that was just a thorough beating of a ranked opponent in in, in Mountaineer Field. It was a great night.
2: Yeah, and I think on the flip side of that, I think probably the '99 game was yeah, probably the, the worst. I don't know. No, 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 no. I think the '01 game was that was a bad day.
3: That was a terrible they, day. They kicked that, the crap
1: out of us in 0-1, didn't they? Yeah, oh, that was that was that was, was terrible. Like That's when we to, came out with the white pants. 20. Oh, it was it was it was disgusting. Yeah, remember um, Rich, Rich brought the end white end pants? The out. That 02 game. Reason why the reason why they were able to spank. Um, um, Virginia Tech in '03 is because '02 we went and took their soul. Like it was, it we we yeah. we knew from the we knew we was gonna win that game. And a, a quick story about that. So I, I don't know if you were there, Anthony. I can't remember. No, yeah, I was but, there. Um, in the it, you know before that game. I mean, it's first time I've ever heard this song before in my life. Um, but it was like you know we were we were just we were just in the locker room, and then I heard Phil Collins playing. That heat of the night, and I was like, "In the air tonight." What the hell? In the air tonight. I'm sorry. In the air tonight, and I mean, it just came on. And for whatever reason, I mean, we 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 practiced well that week. We knew we knew we were gonna win that game. It wasn't a it wasn't even a thought like in our mind that we was gonna lose that game. Um, I mean, it was gonna be a tough game, obviously, but we didn't you know we didn't think we were gonna blow them out. But we knew we were gonna we knew we were gonna win. But they came out and they played, or we you know we were in the locker room and we came from doing our our little last minute meetings and when we all came back into the into the locker room i just was playing and i'm like and i just got this feeling in my stomach like oh my goodness like i don't know what this and i'm i'm not even that type of a music type of guy and i know Aunt, you you appreciate all types of music um when that came on first time i ever heard it i said we are going to kill these boys <laughs> we we're going to win this game it was it was absolutely unbelievable like it was, that was, that was the first time I heard that song. And I'm like, this there's no place for locker room, you know, for that music to be played in the locker room, especially, and I'm, I'm a hip hop guy. So, but I was like, oh my goodness, that's probably one of the greatest songs. I, I mean, the way it came in and I was like, "Do do do I said, oh, it's it's a rap. It's a rap. We're going to win this game.
2: Can you can you play that drum part on the air drums? Though? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can actually. You know, interesting, yeah, I've, I've interesting heard thing
2: a about times. that game. It was a Wednesday night in Blacksburg, late November. Um, you know, what I thought was interesting was the season before. They literally came. I mean, they came into Morgantown and manhandled us. It was it was oh, over. Mm-hmm. Within the first five minutes, I think they scored fourteen right off the top. it was ugly, um, but the season had flipped. It was probably the biggest turnaround in the country. but when you're thinking about going into Lane
3: stadium on a third or on a Wednesday or Thursday, I can't remember what 7 night it was. seven o'clock or, you know. at night,
2: you know there was sixty two thousand plus there that night. Um, I-, I had my doubts, man. I just you know because tech had been so dominant at yep. that point, they were the hot team in the big East with, along with Miami. Um, and even Pitt was rolling at the time. But I just – I didn't know what to expect. And, you know, they had been on such a high. But the good thing was Vic was gone.
3: So <laughs> – <laughs> Was it his brother? Was, was it his brother no, at that, that point? Um, He came a couple years after that. Randall was the quarterback. Randall, from, okay. D- he was from, from Dunbar, Dunbar Institute. Yeah, that's right.
2: Um, but Vic was on the team. I think he was yeah. that year. But um, I didn't know what to expect, man. But I just remember our guys at that point, that defense – that West Virginia defense that year, they, those were some hitters. They were mean, man. You had Estrada, mm. uh, you had James Davis. People, people, nobody likes to talk about James Davis. <laughs> he would line up. He put hand, he would put his hand on the ground and come around the corner and get you. He would he he lit that tight end up. But do you remember that hit?
3: Yeah, like, absolutely. Did he get flagged for that? I no, that, it would have been, been a flag today. today.
2: <laughs> he hit that guy and. You ever, he went limp, like when he fell. He didn't uh, yeah. brace but you, himself. But
1: yeah. you know the crazy—he was actually going for an interception. He didn't really mean to hit him. Yeah. If you—if you'd watch that play, he was going for an interception, and the dude—he just hit him with his shoulder. Bam! You know the guy—the guy you're thinking about that—that would have got flagged was uh, Jamal Adek. That's, who I'm, that's who I'm oh, thinking of. That's
3: who I'm thinking of. Oh, he popped yes, that guy. that's who I'm thinking of. But that, that was Able an 4 Okay, that was an O four. 4 Yeah, he, he laid that guy out.
1: Because <laughs> he, he
3: left
2: his feet and hit him. But James Davis hit that tight end coming across the middle. And when he fell, um, he didn't put it – his arms went stiff. Yeah. He hit him so hard. And then, I mean, and then I remember Estrada came around the corner on a sack. I mean, that defense really kept Westford. It was a defensive battle. Well – Actually when you look at the stats of that game, it wasn't much of a defensive battle. You guys ran for like two hundred and fifty yards, Avon, that night. I don't know if you realize that or not.
1: I mean we we average I mean, we average the year. Every game we average about two fifty to three hundred yards rushing. Every game. Um we were number two in the nation. I don't know if you realize that. Yeah. We oh, were yeah. number two in the nation that year in rushing. Like we we ran the ball first and then and then after that we you know, we we might throw a little pop pass, little little quick uh hitch or whatever, but for the most part we, we People knew we were going to line up and run the ball. Yeah, because you but a, that's getting to a whole other segment. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you
2: know, you you were you you were doing your thing that year, Quincy. You know, that was the the dangerous thing about the running game that year was you, you had to deal with Avon, and then and then all of a sudden they bring Quincy and was like releasing a damn bowling ball.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like here, you you've been trying to tackle this guy, now tackle him. Yeah,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> just wear you out for sixty minutes. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, then Rasheed would tuck it and take off. I think he ran for about fifty yards that night himself. So, sure. but um, you know, Virginia Tech has always been that game. There's been some close games, some heartbreakers, some butt whoopings on both sides. Um, so I'm looking forward to uh, to
3: Saturday's game. But before we get into the predictions, I was just going to say this this game like. I look forward to this game and then the game against Pitt next year, which is a whole other story. But th- this game, like this, is my, like, this is the game circled on the schedule for me. To me, this is, like, the game that I want to see. This is the most important game to me of the year, even mm-hmm. more so than any Big 12 game or anything like that, because there's history here. Like, there's a yeah. rivalry here. I, I mean, you know, sure, I want to beat Oklahoma. That would be a great win for the program and everything. But I would prefer they beat Virginia Tech, even as to Oklahoma. I agree.
2: I agree. It's a shame that, you know, I've said this a million times. It is a shame there's no eastern football anymore
3: it really is i mean that old big east conference young people don't have any idea how much fun it used to be to sit down on a saturday and like even when they were independents penn state would play miami and like back in the day that was a game like Mm -hmm. penn state and miami would be a fantastic game notre dame would play penn state those games i mean you know now notre dame's not really eastern but like bc syracuse uh Boston College and Syracuse, believe it or not, for you younger listeners, they used to be really good programs. They just they're just not anymore. And Pitt, Pitt too, even Pitts, Pitt struggled lately. It used to be so much fun with the old Big East. I miss that.
2: Well, let's get into it. Prediction time. This is, this is a tough game to call because we don't we. I think we know what Virginia Tech is, but we still don't know what West Virginia is.
3: You you can go first,
2: Avon. <laughs> Yo, no, I'm going to go last. I'm you want to go last? Okay, I gotta,
3: well, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. The game concerns me. North Carolina could not move the ball against Virginia Tech, and I know it was the first game of the season. It was at Lane Stadium, and it was, you know, a Friday night. However, what I've seen out of West Virginia's offensive line gives me no confidence whatsoever that West Virginia is going to be able to score enough points to win on Saturday. I had this as a win in the preseason but I think Virginia Tech's going to come in, and I think they're going to win the game. I'm going to say like 27-13. to 13. I don't think it'll be a, a, a great offensive day for W. U. They they can't run the ball consistent enough. And uh, unless we get some big special teams plays, which is possible with the uh, right back there, but I just see Virginia Tech win like 27-13. to
2: 13. I'm so back and forth on this West Virginia team. Um, I didn't like what I saw against Maryland. I don't know what I saw against That's LIU. <laughs> Uh, I do know that we've got trouble on the offensive line, which concerns me um, because I feel like West Virginia should be able to run the football and then do what they need to do with the passing game. And right now, I don't feel like they're there. Um, I think it's going to be Virginia Tech 24, West Virginia 10, maybe 13. I just don't see us moving the football. I I, I, I had it as a win early in the season. I think, the C, I think West Virginia, and I think Tech scores late to make it. Bigger.
3: Yeah, it, yeah. Like I, I think it'll be a close game for at least three quarters. Yeah,
2: I just, I just struggle. I struggle right now going on the record saying that we're going to beat Virginia Tech. I have no faith whatsoever
1: in the offensive line right now. We're right. Not so fast, my friends. <laughs> not so fast. And let me explain to you why. As a former player of West Virginia, um, one of the things that we do um, from time to time is play to the level of our competition. And yesterday, or yeah, yesterday was it was a great representation of what it is that we we haven't been able to break that chain of doing. Because even when we Tennessee at Chattanooga, I ran for like twenty five carries for you know a hundred and five yards. So we struggle against teams because we play to the because we already expect to win, but we don't go out and play to the level. Now coming in, everybody knows that this is a big game. They, I mean, I, when I went there last week, you know, we talked about the, the, the old Big East rivals. And I really believe those kids, those young men, I'm not going to call them kids, those young men understand what is at stake. And and I say that because they, when you have a conversation with them and they, and they talk about, yeah, you know, Virginia Tech is going to be a big game, you know, for us, they understand like what, what you know, what we did and, and what what it used to be like and i really believe that they're going to they're going to play to a, a higher level because they, they they understand that you know they beat up they beat a um a good uh north carolina team i mean they were ranked what number 10 in the country i think at the time and 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 they they spanked them so so for me i'm going i'm going to say we're going to win this game and you know you know who's going to who's going to have the biggest impact on this game it's going to be jared Deggy. because he, we're going to need him to throw the ball and, and make some tight some tight throws in the zone coverage um because i mean I, I think i think they they see that we do have some speed and they're going to play some zone against us and we have to make sure that we can we can hit you know throw it in those pockets and and we're going, we're going to win the game 35-21 um and we're we're going to we're going to celebrate and we're going to country road the damn thing take me home
3: bro um, i hope you're right
2: i hope you are right I do like your enthusiasm. Maybe you need to go down. I, st- I still think you can get 10 carries. You need to give them a pregame, <laughs> pre-game pep talk. We're going to win this
1: game, guys. I'm telling you. All
2: right. Just to change the subject, so here's here's something we've just kind of just glanced over, not even paid attention. Four new teams come to the Big 12. I was hoping to keep it at two. We've got four new teams coming. Um, it doesn't look like the money's going to change much. Looks like there's going to be maybe four or $5 million difference. Um, I'm actually okay with the way this thing's going to kind of settle in. I still think there's more. I I still think there's more. um, Get us out of
3: there. Get us out. Get us out.
2: I I, I don't think there's an out, Avon. That's the problem.
3: Let me say, you know, everybody's going to look at this, and they're going to look at it strictly from a football standpoint, and that's fine because football rules in college sports, everybody knows that. That is an underrated ad. In basketball, all four of those schools are underrated. Ads BYU usually makes the NCAA tournament. Houston just made the Final Four. They have a very good coach in Calvin Sampson. That might even bump their basketball program up another notch. Um, Central Florida, they're going to have a hard time, but they have made tournaments recently. And then, or uh, I'm sorry, who's the other team? Cincinnati, Cincinnati has great basketball tradition, so I think it bumps the basketball maybe even a little more than football as competitive, like for a competitive nature. But football wise, at least BYU, they've won a national championship in like nineteen eighty six. You know, uh Central Florida's obviously done done well here recently, and Cincinnati they have they have Indiana this week with uh Notre Dame looming. They could go undefeated here and they could really be a solid ad. I'm not really it's not the greatest additions for football, but it, it could it could certainly be worse.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um I think the way this thing's gonna shake out could benefit West Virginia. You're still gonna have a seat at the table. Um, you don't have to deal with Texas crying around about everything, and then it gets rid of a team that you basically just cannot beat with Oklahoma.
3: Yeah. And, it, and it also gets you Cincinnati's geographically closer. Mm-hmm. Central Florida's even probably closer than most of these schools. <laughs> so it gets, you, it gets you a couple teams. There's probably going to be an East and a West, and obviously West Virginia will be in the East, I would say. But it, it at least gets you to Cincinnati, a game that fans can go to and enjoy. I wonder if Cincinnati will expand their stadium.
2: Yeah, but they're going to have to make some upgrades just like we did. Yeah,
3: they're going to have to do something because Nippert probably not large enough to house I mean, you know, there's going to be fans, big time fans coming now with mm-hmm. you know.
2: Speaking of
3: Texas, welcome to the SEC, boys. Wow. <laughs> that was funny. They got dominated. Uh, Arkansas dominate. And Arkansas is probably going to finish what, 4th, 5th in the SEC West. Yeah, you know, they're not gonna beat they're probably gonna be like a, you know, they're not gonna beat Alabama, let's be honest. They're probably not gonna beat Texas A and M. Are they as good as LSU and Auburn? So I mean there's one, two, three, four, and then Arkansas five. Maybe even Mississippi at six. I mean, that might be the last place team in the SEC West.
2: Yeah. Forty to twenty one yesterday, Arkansas over Texas. Um, a game that really surprised me was Oregon knocking off
3: Ohio State. America won. Because Ohio State lost on nine eleven, baby. Oh, it was great. A great day. A hey, great day.
1: I, I I wanted to text you six times and say, hey, Michigan may have a chance now. <laughs> oh, in no, the they Big still. Let's, I mean let's, the Big
3: Ten. Let's be clear. They have no chance. They're going to get <laughs> ran into the ground in late November. I already know what's coming. I'm not worried about that. Mm. It's just great to see Ohio State lose. And, 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 you know, a lot of people overreact. They're still right in the middle of the playoff race, unfortunately. That's why I hate the playoff. You know, most years they probably are out of it because you're going to have some undefeated teams, but with four teams getting in, they're, they're still right in it. All they have to do is win the rest of their games. I mean, I know that's easier said than done, mm-hmm. but they did put up 600 yards of offense and lost, so it's not like they were very, very bad, and it's not like Oregon's a terrible team.
2: <laughs> Yesterday Pittsburgh knocked off uh, Tennessee. I uh, thought that was very interesting. 41-34 is the final there. Um you know, see you know, I don't I don't know. Tennessee's not they haven't been much here lately. So good I win for Pitt. Never,
3: I never thought since nineteen ninety ish that I would watch Pittsburgh walk into Knoxville and win. Mm-mm. Never did I think I'd see that day. And that happened.
2: You no, know, people make a lot of West Virginia playing Florida International yesterday. Uh, playing these FCS schools can can come back and bite you in the rear end. If you mm. want to know anything about it, <laughs> go down to Tallahassee and ask the Knowles how they feel today. Losing to Jackson jeez, State, jeez, 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 twenty they, to
3: seventeen. They probably paid a million dollars for that loss. <laughs> yeah, can we get a refund? <laughs> They might need one, but boy, boy, man,
1: I know they're gonna be upset. Ooh, the, the the that they're gonna fire their coach. I
3: was about to say we're we're three weeks in now, and Scott Frost and Mike Norville both got to be just feeling so much heat that they can't stand it.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they I went on to their Facebook page, like, and read the the comments in the oh. press conference, and they are not thrilled. Oh, how I mean. Especially coming off of last week.
3: Well, the thing is, is I I saw the I saw the end of the game live. There was six seconds left, and they allow a fifty nine yard touchdown. How do you allow people to get behind you on defense with six seconds left? What are Mm. you
2: doing? I don't know, I don't know. But I'm hey better them than us because that could have been us talking about that today. That's right. Actually, I probably wouldn't even showed up today
3: if that happens to West. Well, I mean, if that happened to West Virginia against Jacksonville State, I'd probably yeah, I probably just canceled. We're not coming. Yeah, we're done. Gets the, what's the buyout? Yeah, no
2: doubt. <laughs> right. <laughs> we to return some money here. We're not talking about it. All right, Avon, we're going to cut you loose, my friend. Thank you for joining us this week. Um, and also, I want to remind you guys, make sure you swing by our Facebook page on Monday, the Dell Sparks Collection Prediction Game. Predict the score of the game for both teams. Predict the score of the game for both teams closest without going over. And you win an 8-by-10 from the Dell Sparks Collection this week. Our winner was Casey Quinlan. He selected 20. Three to nothing and one on a technicality because everyone else had Florida or uh, LIU scoring something. Oh, well. So they went over on that side of the board. Good good for Casey. Congratulations, yes. Casey. 23 to nothing I mean, was his Did
1: picture. they not listen to our predictions?
2: I think I said Jeez, 70 to least. nothing, didn't I? <laughs> you were close. Yeah, I think so. And you were close. Hey, and if you want to support the show, you can get t shirts, koozies, swing by touchdowncity.com. And thank you to all of our sponsors Salango Law, Tony the Taylor, Bar 101. United Bank, the Warner Law Offices, Henderson Insurance, the Dell Sparks Collection, Masters Law Offices, Alfred Home Solutions, and Murph Landing. If you're looking for a great place to stay in Morgantown, go head over to mountaineerfieldhouse.com. I'm Anthony Lewis for Derek Bailey and Avon Coburn. Thanks for listening and make sure you hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Hopefully next week Derek and I are eating crow and and Avon will be singing Country Roads. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>
1: Touchdown City Podcast is produced by Anthony Lewis in partnership with HD Media, the Charleston Gazette Mail. Get your Touchdown City Podcast merchandise by visiting touchdowncity.com.